welcome to this peer voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash NBZ. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Pfizer. Please note that information regarding COVID-19 is constantly evolving. This activity is based on the data available at the time of its recording. Welcome to this Peer Voice activity on COVID-19. This activity comprises a presentation featuring Dr. Jens Lundgren. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, this is Jens Lundgren from the Department of Infectious Diseases at Richardson University of Copenhagen in Denmark. Welcome to this activity on primary care support and therapeutic management of patients with mild to moderate COVID-19. When we treat a disease, it's important to understand the different stages and when it's helpful to reduce viral replication rates in order to moderate or improve the disease course. For COVID-19, we understand that in the early part, just after symptom onset, the virus is replicating and is the primary cause of disease at that time point. But it has also been shown that if we reduce uh, viral replication in this early part of the disease, we'll see that those who's at risk of disease progression will have a substantial reduction in that risk. So we need to have attention to early recognition and diagnosis of COVID-19. We know that patients in this stage of the disease can often recover at home. Conversely, this is not a disease without consequences and those who is tested positive for COVID-19 are more likely to visit the general practitioner two weeks or more after testing. We also see that there is frequent emergency department visits among patients who is not initially hospitalized. Finally, we have learned the hard way that if we are able to reduce the risk of disease progression, we can minimize the potential for overwhelming the healthcare system. There's been a number of therapies where there has been a lack of efficacy demonstrated in appropriate clinical trials, whereas for others, there is early data, but not anything that is confirmed. Importantly, therefore, this list of agents is not supposed to be used as part of standard of care. Conversely, there is a number of therapeutics available now for mild to moderate COVID-19. These consist of monoclonal antibodies, oral antivirals, or antivirals that are administrated intravenously. It has been demonstrated across these three treatment modalities that they are effective up to five and sometimes seven days since symptom onset, where the absolute risk difference compared to placebo was in the range between three and 5.5%. For most of them, the relative rate of reduction of hospitalization compared to placebo was between 70 and up to 90%, except for one outlier where it was only 30%. Importantly, as we treat people in the outpatient environment, we know that the natural course of infection will not always lead to hospitalization. And therefore, we need to consider the numbers needed to treat, namely, how many do you need to treat for one to benefit, i.e., had you not provided the medication, they would have come into the hospital. Obviously, these numbers change depending on underlying risk of disease progression. There is a, a number of pros and cons for these three treatment modalities for the monoclonals, since the antibody remains in circulation in the body, it provides protection after the initial infection has been overcome. This is not true for the antivirals. The treatment is only effective as long as you administer it 
as these drugs have a very short half-life. Importantly as well, for monoclonal antibodies, most of them actually lost their activity against Omicron. The one that seems to maintain its activity is Sutrimab. Conversely, for the oral antivirals and intravenous antivirals, they appear to maintain efficacy against the Omicron variant. This is one of the first trials of the CASI in Dimrimab combination of agents, a trial that examined using 2.4 gram or 1.2 gram placebo patients progressed to hospitalization of death at a rate between 4 to 5%, and this was reduced by the 70% in those who seek activation. There was a few infusion-related reactions, and the risk of serious adverse events was actually higher placebo group, given that more became sick than in the two actively treated groups. This is the result of the Sutermanwab Comet ICE trial. The primary endpoint was hospitalization for more than 24 hours for acute management of illness or death of any cause through day 29. 6% in the placebo arm achieved this endpoint compared to only 1% in those who were treated with active sutrovimab. There were few side effects from the infusion and no serious adverse events reported that was considered related to treatment. Molnupiravir has been an oral antiviral that has been investigated in the, the last part of 2021. The early result showed more promise than the ultimate data that was eventually published. It was a fairly large trial of over 1,400 people with mild to moderate COVID-19 randomized to placebo or to the drug given every 12 hours for five days. Compared to the monoclonals, you can see that the placebo arm, 9.7% progressed to hospitalization, but in the active arm, 6.8% also progressed. So you can see that there's a reduction in the relative risk, only 30% reduction. You can also argue that the absolute risk reduction was compatible to the other agents, but it appears that this drug is less effective than some of the others are discussing. An all antiviral neomatrilvir is a SARS-CoV-2 protease inhibitor, and it's combined with vitronavir. This trial included a little over 2,200 mild to moderate COVID outpatients. The active treatment was given every 12 hours for five days. And in the placebo group, a little over 6% progressed to hospitalization. And this was reduced to less than 1% if the patient was randomized to active agent. There was a total of nine deaths in the trial, all in the placebo group. It was well tolerated with minimal adverse effects. One needs to consider when one is using this combination treatment that it do contain ritonavir that affects the P450 enzyme system. And therefore, you should look out for drug-drug interactions, including DOAX, uh, statins, and anti-seizure medication. Remdesivir, which was used and demonstrated early on to be effective in hospitalized patients, has shown in this recent trial to also be effective if used in the outpatient setting. In this situation, the drug is administered over a three-day period with daily infusions. The placebo arm, there was around 6 to 8% who progressed to the primary endpoint, and this was reduced to less than 1% among those who were randomized to activate it. There's a number of treatments which has already been authorized by the European Medicines Agency, including immune modulatory treatments, the oil Protease inhibitor I just reviewed, as well as remdesivir, which was approved in 2020 for its use in hospitalized patients. 
There's also a number of monoclonal antibodies, which has been authorized for use by the EMA. There's a number of COVID-19 treatments under evaluation by the, the European Medicine Agency, including monopiravir. I mentioned there's still some debate around that drug, given the change in the fact size between the early report and the ultimate findings that was reported. Paracetinib, immune modulatory JAK inhibitor. And then there's a combination of two monoclonal antibodies that is in rolling review and is still being evaluated. An interesting emerging new option is Insulimab, also called MPO420, which is a so-called DARPEN antiviral therapeutic uh, composed of small peptides combined, which appears to have maintained the activity against all variants, including Omicron. There was recent phase two trial results readout that uh, were relatively positive, although it was a small sample size and it's one of the drugs that is receiving increasing attention because of the pen variant activity. So in summary, antimyelin medications and monoclonal antibodies have shown the greatest promise in mild to moderate COVID-19 infection. These antivirals are able to reduce the risk of disease progression by 70 to 90% in relative terms. It is clear that oral antivirals is easier to deploy than those which requires intravenous administration. Effective outpatient management of patients with mild to moderate disease can help to conserve valuable healthcare resources for patients with more severe disease and clearly also is a helpful tool in particular for those patients that we know are at high risk of disease progression. We also know now that antibiotic therapy for COVID-19 in the absence of a documented bacterial infection should be avoided. These super infections are rare and hence empiric therapy is likely ineffective. And finally, we need to be vigilant and maintain surveillance of new viral variants of concern, which also could include variants of concerns uh, which leads to waning immunity, as this may challenge the current treatment paradigm, and we need to be adaptive as this pandemic continues to unfold. Thank you very much for your attention. This has been an activity published by Pure Voice.